Many countries are struggling. They are not only struggling to procure energy, especially developing countries. They are also struggling to get food. They are struggling to pay their debt. They don't have the financial space to be able to absorb this crisis. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at global energy prices. The war in Ukraine and disruptions in the energy supply chain have sent prices soaring and accelerated a global cost of living crisis. But unusually warm weather this winter and efforts by many countries to stockpile gas from other sources have brought some respite. Still, the direction of energy prices this year is far from certain. Joining me now for more is Jean-Vierre Nkurunziza, head of the Commodities Branch at UNCTAD. He's also a keen jogger and almost always climbs the stairs to reach his office on the ninth floor. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. If we mean the European countries, we are probably out of the worst of the crisis for now. Uh, energy prices are so volatile that things can become difficult again without warning, I would say. Nobody had really predicted uh, this crisis. But if we're talking about developing countries that were priced uh, out of the energy markets, the picture is not uh, the same depending on uh, the countries or regions we're talking about. Yes, for maybe European countries, but for many developing countries, they are still having serious problems. So how much worse is it for developing countries then? You know, current energy prices are still, let's say, oil prices, for example, they are four times higher than uh, where they were before, let's say, COVID. I mentioned COVID because things really started with COVID. The war in Ukraine uh, just came to compound an already difficult situation. Gas prices are uh, about three times higher now than they were uh, about uh, uh, two years ago. So many countries are struggling to to procure uh, gas, to procure oil. It is a very serious problem. And uh, the problem is compounded not just by the prices, but also by a financial crisis which is uh, hitting those countries, food crisis, which is hitting. This volatility is there, and uh, there are many factors explaining it. It's not just one, and that is another complication. Mm. The first factor, of course, is uh, geopolitical, the war in Ukraine. Let's not forget that Russia is one of the biggest exporters of oil and gas. That is one. The second thing is uh, Climate change, for example, look at countries that depend uh, a lot on hydropower. When there are uh, droughts, uh, this country is going to procure other sources of energy from the oil market. So this can affect oil prices. The other factor is finance. So many countries are struggling because there is this polycrisis. They are not only struggling to procure energy, especially developing countries, They're also struggling to get food. They're struggling to pay their debt. Now we are talking of a new debt crisis. So they don't have the financial space to be able to absorb this crisis. So is there any hope that consumers will see lower prices anytime soon? 
I think here we're mostly talking about European countries. So Europe, when they did the bidding, the bids uh, to buy gas, prices were high, extremely high. So they bought natural gas at very high prices. And when they buy, they buy for a certain period of time. Ah, I see. So for some time, prices will be high Mm. because the natural gas was was bought at very high prices. Now, depending on how uh, the price evolves, prices that are paid by household, they might go down. We don't know exactly when because of the volatility of uh, the energy market. But what about... Developing countries, what can consumers expect there? Developing countries don't have this policy space. I know many countries where people cannot afford to buy petrol for their cars, where petrol is not available, Mm. okay? So it will be available maybe one day per week or two days per week, okay? So because these countries don't have, even if petrol might be available, they don't have Mm. the money to actually procure this petrol to cover all their needs. This is because at the same time, they are also struggling to procure food. Maybe some of them are privileging food over Mm. energy. They're using huge amounts of their resources to reimburse their debts. So they are really, that's the notion of polycrisis. They are really struggling at different fronts. And uh, some multilateral institutions have... Some of them have tried to mobilize resources to help, but uh, it's, not, uh, it's not enough. This combination of high energy prices, high food prices, and high interest rate, this financial crisis is uh, one of the key reasons is the high interest rates in the United States. That is what drove servicing debt more expensive. The situation is really difficult. So what more can be done? You say multilateral organizations aren't doing enough. For me, I would advocate more resources for uh, relevant multilateral uh, institutions and easy to mobilize, easy to access. And when I say multilaterals, it's mostly World Bank, it's IMF, uh, probably regional banks uh, to some extent like the African Development Bank, Asian Development Bank, or Inter-American Development Bank. Countries need resources, basically. Another solution is probably to suspend debt repayment until things improve. Mm. So a kind of moratorium on debt repayments. Another solution could be bilateral aids, but even developed countries, many of them are also kind of struggling What effect is the crisis having on the pursuit of cleaner energy initiatives then and and also on government policies around energy security? We have seen some countries really going backwards on their pledges uh, Mm. towards climate change. Some countries that had made pledges to kind of phase out the use of coal, for example, now they have gone back just to use coal because they wanted to bridge uh, the gap uh, due to the recent crisis. We have also seen countries that have, especially in Europe, that said, okay, this crisis kind of got us uh, unprepared. Maybe it's the time to really increase our energy security. So I think it has 
strengthen the drive uh, of these countries to really invest will also at the same time ensure their energy security. These same countries think their the solution to this kind of crisis is really investing in green uh, sources of energy, wind, uh, solar, uh, because this will be managed at the country level. And hopefully, in maybe in the next 10 years, we'll, fe- we'll see a big, big difference in terms of huge investments in uh, green energy in the region. Well, that's some positive news, John <laughs> It's also, to me, a global cooperation issue. Because if we want to fight against climate change, I think we need to share more. We need to especially address more the needs of developing countries because global warming is a global problem. It doesn't have boundaries. So we cannot solve it in one country. So we need to really re-engage, I think, uh, at at the global level to know that by helping a developing country invest in uh, clean energy, you are helping yourself. Well, thank you so much, Jean-Mier, for clarifying a lot of these really important issues at the moment. That was Unctad Jean-Vier Nkuruziza, who was this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.